All right. Another look at heaven. We have spent the last uh, three weeks, and this is week four in our series on heaven, Unseen. And I want to tell you right up front that although we've spent three weeks and adding a fourth here, that we've barely scratched the surface of what heaven's going to be like. God has given us just a little taste, kind of whetted our appetites and for a number of purposes. So it's been fun looking at all this, and it's great to know that it's that much more than we can understand, that we can comprehend. Um, so we're going to take a look at heaven's reward today. We're wrapping up our series by looking at this concept of receiving rewards in heaven. But as I thought about preparing this message, writing this talk over the last couple of weeks, I squirmed a little bit. I squirmed a little bit um, because I thought that some of you may have a tough time embracing this idea of heavenly rewards. But then I realized that I'm not that comfortable with it myself. So I want to just kind of lay that out there as we get started. That's my introductory sentence there on your outline. If you want to follow along and take notes, you can do that. That first sentence as we get started, heavenly rewards, does this concept make you a little uncomfortable? I'm going to just ask that question. And so some of you may be fine with that idea, and you're thinking, no, John, let's move on with the message. But I need to stop and explore that just a bit for myself, if nobody else here, right? Because I think... Um, I think the idea of rewards in heaven may seem funny to us on a couple of levels. You see, when we think about rewards here on earth, we think about um, the pride that can develop from when we receive those rewards. We think about how rewards can lead to maybe our showing off a little bit um, and the strutting around that can kind of accompany a significant award. Now, in two weeks, my little plug here, in two weeks we're doing our sixth run for the community here, kind of a community event we're doing, and so I'm going to encourage you to go sign up afterwards to volunteer and or participate as a REACH event. But one of the things that we do is every year we work on putting out together nice medals for age group winners, first, second, and third, guys, girls, each race, etc. And so it's kind of fun to do, to give these, we, we spend some money to do some nice medals, and we get a chance to then put them on people as they, during awards time, to say, hey, you did a good job, you know, in your age group, whatever else through that. And it's funny how some people take them and, and they will put it, take them in their hand and kind of almost put them in a pocket and others, will, they want you to put it on them and then they just wear it for the next half hour around. They're eating food, they're enjoying music or whatever. And it's kind of like, hey, yeah, I've been working hard and this makes me feel good and this is a good thing. And um, wear it with pride. Go ahead and do that. You've earned it. But that pride, that, that savoring and personal accomplishment, savoring in it, it just it doesn't seem that heavenly, in a sense, does it? I mean, isn't heaven supposed to be about God? Then, then how, does, how does moving the focus to us and our receiving rewards fit in with that? It just it seems to go against that call to live selflessly, you know, live, live for God, live selflessly, and yet it's about rewards. Well, the second difficulty that some of us can have with rewards in heaven is an actual fear, that an actual fear that maybe we'd rather not admit, but it's the fear that compared to others... Compared to somebody else, we might not measure up, you know? We might not measure up. Deep inside, we have this fear that other people will be raking in their rewards and we'll be sitting on the sidelines watching, feeling maybe left out, kind of embarrassed, maybe even sensing some shame and, and just not so proud to be in heaven. And there's that little bit of fear of, well, what if, you know? And people will expect me, but what if it happens? You know, we've all had that experience in our lives sometime maybe when you were a kid of, of, being, ki of being picked last in kickball, right? Kind of, or being left on the sideline, not being chosen for the dance. Or, or most of the kids in your fourth grade class or sixth grade class made the honor roll, but for some reason you thought you did, but you didn't. And that shrinking, small feeling that comes over you, it's awful memory. Well, this feeling of inferiority, this, this fear, this even of embarrassment and shame, it doesn't sound very heavenly, does it? 
It doesn't. It doesn't sound like that's what heaven's going to be like. So we again have to ask, are, are rewards in heaven really going to happen? It can lead to pride. It can lead to, to fear and sense of shame or inferiority. Well, then a third, a third difficulty we can have about rewards in heaven is that the concept of rewards sounds very performance-based. Now, we spent a lot of time here at Twin Cities over the last couple of years, especially, it's just kind of the way it's worked out, teaching and reinforcing the concept of God's grace being the way to live our lives. It's about not us performing hard, it's God living through us. We, we've learned that we don't have to perform like super Christians, you know, in order to be fully loved and embraced by God. We need to allow God to work in and through us to let the Holy Spirit really have his way in us. So it's not about our performance through our own efforts. So I'm just kind of recapping some of the last couple of years. It's about abiding deeply in Jesus and really letting him give us the strength and the desire to live the life that God calls us to. And that's kind of an amen moment. Now, all that's great to understand, but then doesn't the concept of rewards in heaven totally throw that idea out? Right? I mean, if I'm rewarded in heaven for my good deeds here on earth, I'm right back to working hard to impress God. And then that legalistic, performance-based monster rears its ugly head again, and I hate that ugly workaholic monster that's there. So, there we go. <laughs> I've, I've named three good reasons why reward in heaven, rewards in heaven may make us uncomfortable. Just, God, does this fit? Does this make sense? Is it real? You know? But it doesn't change the fact that the Bible says there are rewards in heaven. There are rewards for heaven, in heaven for what we do here on earth. And it says it again and again. I'll read through several very quickly here. Revelations twenty two twelve says, Jesus speaking says, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Ephesians 6, 8, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us, speaking about followers of Christ, for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, again speaking to followers of Jesus, for we, followers of Jesus, must all stand before Christ to be judged, not for salvation, but we're talking about rewards. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we've done in this earthly body. I just did a few. There are so, so many verses that talk about rewards. There's no question that they're there. So now I maybe have thoroughly confused you because, you know, we've got, well, there are rewards, and yet, gosh, there's a whole bunch of reasons why rewards don't even seem to make sense for heaven. Thank you very much, John. Well, let's dive into it and see if we can make some sense. What does the Bible say about this? I want us for a moment to put our, maybe our discomfort aside. I had to do this in developing the, in this message, and, and I want to see if we can figure out how the idea of rewards in heaven can fit with the life of grace that God calls us to lead and to live. And I'll give you a tip, it does fit together, and hopefully we can get there today. Again, if you want to follow along on your outline, we're going to explore heaven's rewards, exploring heaven's rewards. And first of all, what rewards does the Bible talk about? What are the rewards? First of all, then on your outline, it's not salvation. I want to clarify, it's not salvation, because salvation is a gift. It's not salvation, that's a gift. I want to be very clear about this, because the Bible is. Although the things we do here on earth can earn rewards in heaven, salvation is not one of those. It's not one of the rewards. It's a gift, and there's nothing you can do to earn it. God's love is a gift, and there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more than he already does. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believe, not anything you did, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God, and a gift is by nature unearned, right? It's a gift is a gift. It's right there. You receive this gift by simply believing in Jesus Christ and putting your faith, putting your trust in him and submitting to him. Then Jesus comes into your life and he remakes you and he begins to give you new thoughts and new attitudes and new priorities. 
your words and your actions start reflecting Jesus, and then those words and actions and attitudes, those are the ones generated by Jesus in you that are subject to rewards in heaven. Okay? But salvation is not a reward. It's simply a gift, something you can choose to receive. Number two, what about the reward? Secondly, heaven itself is the greatest reward. Heaven itself is the greatest reward. We've been talking about heaven these last three weeks, and more than anything, we've been blown away by how amazing it's going to be. I was amazed to hear that occasionally someone in the lobby has stopped Pastor Ron and said, gosh, you know, you described heaven today, and although it sounds great, these two things you said, if that's really the way it is, I don't know if I want to be there, you know? And all I can tell you is if there's anything in heaven, when you're there, if there's anything you need for complete fulfillment, satisfaction, happiness, joy, it's going to be there, okay? So if you sit here and say, oh, if heaven's going to be that way, get rid of that look on your face, okay? It's going to be there. I'll, I'll even say this. If in heaven you need cats to be happy, there will be cats in heaven. <laughs> do you understand that? Now, my person believe that when you get to heaven, you're going to go, why do I want a cat? Well, no, 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 anyway. So I, I'm just kind of playing with the fact that Ron has said the last few weeks and he's spoken, though, cats in heaven. But so if you get hung up on that, well, if this isn't going to happen or if I'm not going to this or I'm not, it's a place of unbelievable satisfaction and fulfillment and joy. If you, there's something you need, you're into, you, my son's starting to play lacrosse. Dad, I, I got to play lacrosse in heaven for, for it to be complete. Then there's going to be great lacrosse in heaven. It will be there if, if that's important to him. Heaven itself is the greatest reward. And, and the Bible gives us only, again, a taste of its awesomeness, really, because our minds can't even imagine it. So, so it strikes me, is there any reward in heaven that will begin to approach how great heaven is just by itself? I mean, there is intimacy with God. We get to see him that we can't hear. We get to touch him and relate to him, worship him, know him in fullness, and, and it blows me away. Heaven, we've talked about the fact there'll be no more sadness and no more pain, no more death, no more sin, no more temptation, no more even temptation to do evil, no more guilt or shame, no more fears, no more worries, no more doubts, no more physical limitations. Throw out the reading glasses, right? No more boredom, no more broken relationships. That sounds like a pretty cool place to be and a pretty cool reward, just being there. Now, Jesus refers to heaven when he speaks to the criminal on the cross next to him in Luke chapter 23. The encounter is this. Then he, this is the criminal, says, Jesus, hanging on the cross, they're, mo- they're hours from death. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, he says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I went ahead this week and was intrigued by that word paradise. What does that really mean? And I you know, went and did my little Greek word search through that. And the root of this word paradise means, means a beautiful park or a beautiful garden. And, and I thought, you know, to this man hanging on the cross out there under this hot sun, he's in agony, he's thirsty, that can't be quenched, he's hot, it's pain, it's barren, it's awful, it's dry. It's, and, and, and Jesus says, picture a garden. Picture, picture a beautiful park. It's green, it's sludge, it's lush, it's cool, it's moist, it's refreshing. And the guys are like, oh, well, bring it on. He says, today, that'll be, you'll be with me there. Oh, man, the reward of heaven, amazing. Heaven itself is the greatest reward. But number three, then there's the topic of crowns. This topic of crowns comes up. Now, it's important to know that in multiple places in the Bible, the word crown is used to describe rewards that we'll get when we're in heaven. Now, way back then, several thousand years ago, crowns want quite, aren't quite as strange as they are today. I mean, how many of you know someone who wears a crown very often? Okay, if you have a three-year-old girl, you do, okay? 
I just, I'll just go ahead and say that. A four or five or six-year-old girl, you know, daughter at home. But crowns today, you know, we kind of, you, know, um, you know, beauty pageant, Queen of England, you know, whatever. Crowns are pretty common both for monarchy and royalty, but also for, for athletic events, for victors. And the Bible talks about that. There's a number of crowns that are mentioned that are used as rewards. There's the crown of life, the crown of rejoicing, the victor's crown, the crown of righteousness, mentioned in different places. And these crowns, I want to tell you that the word used for crowns are these are not the kingly crowns that are kind of show-offy, you know, the gold with jewels and all that stuff that seems to put you above others. I'm wearing this crown because I'm more powerful than you, you know. It's not that sort of thing at all. These are, these, these are crowns that are won and are worn by the victor of an athletic event, okay? The, this is the garland that we think about, you know, for the historical Olympic games that they might wear there for the winter that gets put on. And so that's what they're talking about. There's one mentioned in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 8, and Paul Right, the best we can understand, he's right before he's, his, his life is going to be taken. He's going to be killed for, for following Jesus. And here in 2 Timothy, he says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. And you can see him smile in a sense, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have, who have longed for his appearing. These crowns acknowledge someone who's taken things very seriously and who's, taken, who's given their very best in order to achieve their goal. You know, they aren't all super fancy and gaudy, you know, the crowns, but, but they acknowledge an excellent effort of body, mind, and will. And the winner who receives that crown can feel good about being recognized for their, for their great effort and their great accomplishment. These are the crowns of heaven that are referred to in the Bible. So it's time to pause for a second and ask you, how do you look wearing green, right? How do you look in green? Because that's really the crowns that are kind of described, that were understood back then. Well, let's move now. We kind of laid a look at what re the rewards are. Let's move to the purpose of rewards in heaven. Because when I voice some of the concerns about rewards in heaven at the beginning of my talk today, they really exist because we don't totally understand the purpose of God God's rewarding us in heaven. So let's look at that. Zip through some of the purposes of rewards in heaven. First of all, they show us how generous God is. They show us how generous God is. Now, God is an unbelievably generous God. It's a part of who he is, and the fact is he loves to give to us. That's who he is. He doesn't have to try to. It's just part of his nature. Now, Matthew 7, verse 11 says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... Now, talking to sinful people, he's basically talking to us. He's saying, hey, you guys, if you know how to give good gifts to your children and you're a selfish, you know, you know kind of your world revolves around you, how much more, more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Your heavenly father is going to do way more. And, and all of a sudden we realize that, listen, the rewards in heaven are more about God's generosity and his desire to give than they are about us. Oh, this is about God saying, I love to give. Why do you have trouble with that? I love to give because I'm a generous, loving God, and I love to give. Oh, okay. He says, I don't have to give you rewards, but I'd like to express my love for you in that way. It shows how loving and generous God is. That's one of the reasons for rewards in heaven. That sounds actually pretty good. Secondly, they reveal what is important to God purpose of rewards is they reveal what is important to God. Now, sometimes we can get overwhelmed by all the things we feel like we're supposed to do in life, you know. Life itself can be overwhelming. You know, I'm supposed to be, I'd be a good friend. I need to be a good spouse, a good parent, a good, a, a ch good child. And I need to pay my bills on time. I need to live a good Christ-following life. I need to drive the speed limit. See, for some of you, that's the toughest thing on the list that I just said, right, you know. But here's this overwhelming, and the speed limit, you know, all these things that come over. 
we end up feeling driven to perform, even though we know that God wants us to enjoy him and allow him to live in and through us. We look at our to-do list, and not just the things we, we do on a day-to-day basis, but just how we're supposed to be. But, but listen, God giving us rewards actually points not to the performing for the sake of rewards. <laughs> His rewards are pointing, they, they actually point not to our performing for the sake of rewards. That's the trap we can fall into. I've got to do this so I can get a reward. Instead, they actually point to God's desire to reward our hearts, not our actions. See, this is what's important to God. So maybe on the side there, write our hearts. That's what's important to God. He actually wants to reward the important things, which comes from the heart, not your actions. See, God will indeed reward our actions, but only those that spring from a heart that is fully devoted and submitted to him, right? So instead of focusing on our actions, we focus on our heart, and as God takes a hold of our heart, the actions spring forward that God rewards, but they're his. See, in that, that wonderful ver- chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter that, that is just full of so many great things, I grabbed one verse out, and it says this, verse three. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor, that's big given, and surrender my body to the flames, that's, that's big personal sacrifice, right? But if I have not love, I gain nothing. I can give it all, I can sacrifice it all, but if it doesn't come from a heart that's loving, <laughs> It's zip, it's nothing, it goes nowhere. Sacrifice, giving, it's wasted activity, even even if it's extreme, if it doesn't come from the heart of love and submission to the Holy Spirit. So, So God is clear. He gives rewards to the things that are important, and they aren't your superhuman efforts. It aren't it isn't those things. They are the things that come from a gentle and humble heart. The kind of heart that Jesus has. Because that's what Jesus said, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. Right? He talks about being gentle and, and, and being humble. That heart, that's what God wants to reward. Well, third, purpose for reward. They remind us that everything we do matters. They remind us, these rewards remind us that everything we do matters. You see, sometimes we get recognized for serving God and others, right? You know, you're up on front, you do something high profile. But more often than that, we don't, okay? The things that we do very often get unrewarded. <laughs> Think parenting if you need an example, okay? I mean, it's just right there. I mean, how often do your kids stop in the middle of the day, come over to you, just stop and give you this big hug and say, Mom, Dad, thank you so much for, for all the little things you do around the house and in my life. Thank you for, for providing soap and toilet paper. Thank you for, for cleaning dishes and, and giving me a ride to school and making sure I get my homework done. I sure appreciate you. Not too often, right? I reflected in first service here that um, my youngest of five children is now four years old, so I've been out of diapers for a while. I've been not changing diapers. I've been out of diapers for a lot of years myself. <laughs> little faux pas there. Five children and about, what, nine or ten years of diapers. Uh, how many thousands of diapers did I change? And the amazing thing to me of all these five kids, I mean, I'd understand among the four boys, but there's one girl, and you'd expect more from her, right? Kidding. Not one of them ever looked up at me and said, Dad, thanks so much. This must be an awful job for you to do, but I appreciate it so much. Doesn't happen, does it? Doesn't work that way. Most of what we do, we don't get rewarded for it. Just it's the way it is. But God, God's rewards, and not just that he rewards us, but he tells us that he's going to reward us. That's one of the ways of letting us know that everything we do is noticed by God. It's noticed and it matters, no matter how small. 
This passage in Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking and, 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 and he says this, he's telling a story, but then the king will say to those on his right, he'll say, come, you are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in, visited, I was in prison and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply and I can almost see them scratching their heads. Lord, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or, or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? I don't want to remember this. And, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Oh, all, that, all those little tiny things that no one ever saw all around that were here, God says every time you do some small thing at home, at work, while driving the car, when you're driving the speed limit and doing it politely and yielding the right of way, <laughs> or running errands, I, I notice and I desire, Jesus, God says, I notice it and I desire to reward you for those little things because you've been, because you've been faithful with those little things that are easy, easy to overlook. Be faithful with those small things. Those are important to me. Oh, that's why he rewards us. He wants you to know that they're seen and noticed. Fourth, rewards help us persevere through suffering, trials, pain, and temptation. They help us persevere. Now again, we look at our lives, and although there are times that they're peaceful and wonderful, there are many times that are not remotely peaceful or wonderful. And I had kind of a week like that this past week or two myself, but that's a long story. We won't go there. I'll move on. I'll refer to it in a moment. What a great thing to know, though, is we're in the middle of a time that includes pain, suffering, trials, temptation, all that stuff, all that messiness, that God, God will give us strength to get through it here on earth, and he's going to strengthen you here, and he's going to reward our perseverance in heaven. He says, I'm going to strengthen you, but hang in there, because also, there's heaven. He's kind of saying, you know, keep going, buck up, little one. <laughs> You'll be rewarded. In Luke 6, 22, and Pastor Bobby read part of this uh, earlier today. He says, what, what blessing await you when people hate you? <laughs> Anybody like being hated? What blessing await you? Blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy. What? Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. <laughs> Yippee! Leap for joy, you know, in the midst of the mess, especially if you're suffering because you love Jesus and are following him. Now, that is just not a natural response, okay? That leap for joy thing when, when you'd rather cry out or, or, or curl up in a fetal position or just give up and throw in the towel. That's what your body and your mind and your whole sen- your being is saying, give it up, you know? And then it hits me that I should have responded differently this week when people asked me how I was doing because I mentioned I didn't have the best week the last couple of weeks. Just lots going on. And I, I did pretty well. I felt like, you know, and people said, how you doing? I'd walk around the office and they're used to big positive responses. And I kind of was like, I'm okay. And for me, honestly, inside, I felt like it was an overstatement. Okay, that's the kind of week that it was. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing okay. It's about the best I can squeak out. And all of a sudden, as I prepare this talk, I realize I did it wrong. Instead of grunting out, you know, I'm okay. Um, I should have leaped for joy. Right? Isn't that what it says? I, it could have been things are tough, but I'm leaping for joy because, man, God's piling up the rewards in heaven and giving me strength here on earth. I know, a little bit absurd, but if you get that from me at church, you know, just kind of roll with it here because you know what it does? Neither response changes my situation, does it? So do you want to be, I'm doing okay, or do you want to be, wow, God's in this. And I blew it this week because I didn't, I didn't acknowledge God being in it. 
let alone rewards parts of it. Well, last but not least, in terms of the rewards, the rewards give us something valuable to give to God in heaven. They give us something valuable to give to God in heaven. Now, we love doing things to please the people we love here on earth. And we also love to worship God. So how cool will it be to be able to give God something of value when we get there in heaven, right? Revelations chapter 4 says, The 24 elders in the end times will fall down before him who, sit on the, him who sits on the throne, and they will worship him who lives forever and ever, ever. We're talking about Jesus. And they will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. I see that, you know, God gives the crowns to us, recognizing every little thing we've done, things that come from the heart, things we've even forgotten about. I did that, and and it will be humbling. And then instead of strutting around in them because the possibility of pride is not even going to be available there in heaven, that's just not going to be there, we get to give them back to him. And I'm kind of like, you know, God, as I earn rewards for heaven, this gives me a chance to kind of play ring toss at, at his feet, at the, at, at, the, at the throne in heaven in a sense. I've got something of value to give you because, by the way, there's nothing on earth that I'm going to take to heaven, right? I'm not going to have any possessions, just me, and I can always give him my heart, which is the best. But if I brought something from earth to heaven, it wouldn't be real spectacular, would it? But I've got something of value that I can offer to God. What, the rewards that he gave me. Oh, that's going to be cool. I look forward to that. I can get excited about this. It won't be about us again, folks. It will end up being about him again. He gives us a crown so that we can say, wow, you gave me the crowns, and I can give them back to you. I get to serve him and love him in heaven, and since everything we owned on earth again won't be here, we have something of value to give him. And we can acknowledge in doing that the only real reason why we have any of the crowns is because the life of Jesus that was lived in and through me on earth. Well, that leads me to the final blank there on your outline and really the takeaway point of our time together. So there will be rewards in heaven. What should my response be? We've talked about it here on the way through, but one thing to close with, you have a choice to make. You're either going to live for the here and now or live a life of eternal significance. It's really a priorities thing, and it's an understanding, it's a a perspective and a paradigm thing. You have to decide, where do you want your rewards? Do you want them in this life, or do you want them in heaven? You see, if you pursue the rewards in this life, which is what our culture says to do, you know, things like popularity, maybe some fame, maybe just creature comforts, just flat-out extra comforts, maybe the wealth, and you can do that, and you can enjoy them for what? 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years? Or you can build up rewards in heaven and enjoy that for eternity and significantly. It's your choice. And, and that mindset can help guide almost every decision you make in life. Are, are you going to live right now, right this second? Are you going to live for the here and now? Are you, gonna li- are you going to allow God to lead your every moment and live with eternity in mind? Because, folks, there is way more to life than the here and now in spite of what we see. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for the chance to hear from your word, God, about heaven and this concept of rewards, Lord, that it really is about you. You desire our hearts. You desire to show us your generosity. Lord, you desire to to help us see that the little things matter. God, we're blessed. Father, I'm just grateful that, that you have given me the opportunity to come to know you in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray if there's someone here today that hasn't done that, that they would right now open up their heart, Father, to you in Jesus. Ask Jesus' forgiveness and his leadership of their life to have their sins washed clean and to be given that gift of heaven. And then as you change our lives, Father, the rewards start coming as we simply follow you. 
Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.